0: What does money have to do with modern women waking up to the truth of who they are? So much. It's time to take our power back with money, to bring money into the conversations that we have with our women friends, to stop allowing an old money story to hijack our new momentum, and to see that to become empowered with money leads women to invest in a better world. Modern women, it's time to bring money to the sacred conversation. Hello, and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are, with me as your host, Sarah Poet. Now, if the word sacred is throwing you a little bit, that's okay. Have you had that moment as a modern woman where you went, wait i left something of myself back there along the way well if so then you're already on a path of sacred remembering and you're actually in the right place we know that modern women are rising but we don't do it by fighting we do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth and here in this space we remember together through stories and tools and curiosity And in doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Now let's begin. Today's guest, Laura Webb, is president and founder of Webb Investment Services, a wealth management and investment consulting firm that has been providing support to successful individuals, particularly women, in Western North Carolina since 1995. Laura is a certified financial planner and has worked in finance now for over 38 years. Laura is a clear champion for women's empowerment in the area of finance and beyond, and it is my pleasure to introduce you to this conversation with Laura Webb. Okay, wonderful. Hello, Laura. Welcome to the podcast. Yes. Hello, Sarah. I'm I'm thrilled to be here. Thank you so much. Oh my goodness. So you are president and founder of an established wealth management and investment consulting firm. Thanks for being here today to talk about money. Well, it's a, su- it's a subject
1: I'm very, very passionate about, and especially for women.
0: I, I love the combination of talking about women and money, because here we're talking on the Sacred Remembering podcast about women waking up to the truth of who they are. And this has a lot to do with money.
1: I definitely think so. So I'm thrilled that you're focusing on this.
0: Awesome. Yeah, it's often a topic that we don't want to talk about or we have a lot of shame or different emotions about. And so today we're just going to unpack that um, a little bit within the within the course of this conversation and see where it goes. So talk to me about or talk to us about, um, you know, what does women waking up to the truth of who they are? what, What do you think that has to do with money? Well, I
1: personally think that women recognizing the power that money has in their lives can be one of the most important things that they do over their lifetime. If they recognize that and harness that power, um, it can make all the difference in in their lives. Uh, f- you know, for the rest of their lives, it, it will impact them all the way through.
0: Yeah, talk to talk to me about that word power. Like money has a lot of power. Is that like power and potential power to sabotage? Like, how do you use that word? Well, I think of
1: it more in the positive sense. So you are correct. It can there can be power and you know in the uh, to sabotage. But I think about that money gives us opportunity and choices. And it can really make things a lot better. Having money can make things a lot better in life. It doesn't mean it, it is the root of happiness, but it can make things a lot harder not having it. And so um, it, it, it can give the you someone the choice between if they've created and they're comfortable and they've created a nest egg, it can give them the uh, the choice to do positive things or it can prevent negative things from happening. For example, I, you know if you're in a really terrible job and you um, you're you're you don't like your boss, if you have a little bit of a nest egg, it may give you the power to make a choice to do something different. It I might, love that. Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: it, it it I view it as from a positive sense,
1: not a negative sense.
0: Mm-hmm. That's so empowering. I think it was Jen Sincero in the book, You Are a Badass at Making Money. I don't know if you've ever, have you read that book? No, no, I haven't. But there are a lot of good ones out there. But Yeah, and she's such a comedian um, in her writing. But, you know, she really told a story about that that very thing, having the nest egg being the most important (laughs) and empowering thing. I'm going to, I'm going to swear here. Like I've heard it called a fuck you fund. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You know, it's like, oh, I get, I don't want to be here anymore. I'm going to choose what I want. Um, and then yeah, it gives you, if you have a couple of months or years in savings, you have a lot more choice. Um than if you're going paycheck to paycheck. So so you have a everybody has a money story. yeah, and like how how we relate to money based on, I mean, money has so many links to so many deep things in the psyche. And so the way we relate to money often has to do with how we relate to various um, aspects of our lives or our histories or, potentially who had power over us as young people. Um, so would you be willing to share some of your money story? Oh, Sure. Early relationship with money. Great.
1: It's interesting because you're right. Everybody has one, whether they recognize it or not, and it really can influence their behaviors and their actions, and they may not even recognize it. And um, one of the things which we've heard these stories in different ways, I'll say out jokingly um, to, to kind of make the point is when I was in college and I was down doing my laundry and I took my, I was down there with my roommate and I took a, the laundry out of the dryer and I held it up to my face and the roommate said, why are you sniffing your laundry? And I said, well, I, I like every, Doesn't everybody hold it up to their face to see if it's dry? And she's like, no, you know you can feel that with your hands and when i thought about it that's what my mother did and i never had ever thought about why i did that well your money stories like that what you saw what you heard you know was it stressful in your house i mean was it used for control w- whatever it was and mine when i kind of come down to it i recognize is that for me that money represented power to tell me what I could do and what I couldn't do. Mm-hmm. And it was, for me, it became a big motivator to for me to make my own money so I felt like I was in control. And it came down to a, a car ride with my family up and um, out around Boston. And we were going to go to a, a ball game and I was driving and my dad told me to go one way down, a the wrong way down a one-way street and I told him no. And he just told me, you do it. And my response to him was, you don't pay for me anymore. You can't tell me what to do. Wow. So, for, that, for me, money represented control and power.
0: Right. So, the, yeah. So in the money story, money often equals something other than money. Yes. Yeah. So you decided, that was a really strong decision at a young age. Um, you know, in my, in my judgment, it took me a little bit longer. (laughs) And so you, you took your power
1: back. Yeah, I always, I mean, and and that I wanted to earn money. So I had some control in my life. And then I think that sort of led me to this profession of trying to help other people with money.
0: Right. So you, You've worked with a lot of women and heard a lot of different money stories. What do you think is the biggest issue between women and money or like women being wealthy?
1: Well, one, a lot. And I don't, you know, I say in the South, so I grew up in the South, but I think a lot of us are socialized to you know that money from a very young age that money's not really for us or we're not good at it I can't tell you how many people because I'm trying to get more women in this professional say well I'm not good at numbers well it's you know you don't have to be good at numbers you need to be good at relationships because there's a lot of tools that help you can be good at numbers but I think it's sort of a mindset it's kind of like what girls do and what boys do and Mm -hmm. um And I think that also women don't talk about money as much. I mean, you think about it with your friends. I I feel like that that's changing a little bit, which I am thrilled. But it's not like when the men go out on the golf course and they're, you know, one up in each other. Women don't. um, It. I don't think we have the same environments that we do that and we don't talk about, oh, what are you doing in your 401k or how are you saving Mm -hmm. money? We just don't seem to have that conversations. It's not ladylike. It's not attractive. It's tacky. It's kind Mm -hmm. of the mindset I think I grew up with.
0: Or we hide the shame that we have around money or we repeat the, um, the negative story about how we can't have it, uh, or how there's a lack of it. You know, I, I hear that all the time. Um, and so I think, yeah, there's, there's just, hmm. (laughs) there's so many things we do around money. Right. But I think that we often, um, you know, as women, I think we're, I don't know, maybe more likely than men to notice what we don't have and, and then like wonder, well, how am I going to get it? Um, you know, and so I kind of want to come back to, to your expertise on what you see and hear women do. So you're saying you see that women don't talk about money. Do you advocate that we do talk about money?
1: Yes, I think. I wish we'd talk about with our friends, our sisters, our mothers, our daughters. And so it is not like a dirty word, you know. Mm-hmm. And I also think making money and being ses- successful frequently, women who are successful, they hide that. Um, and more women that are earning more than their spouses, it becomes a very contentious, you know, because uh, there's some gender stuff there. And so, um, I think that all those things are wrapped together, but I think I would really like to normalize that it is a normal part of a conversation. It doesn't mean bragging, but to women love to ask, we, we ask each other, you know, who do you go to for this and who helps you with that? it's the same kind of thing that we need to include those same conversations around money. Who do you save with? You know, who helps you with your investments? Who helps? We still need to talk to each other like that.
0: Mm, I love that. That's such an amazing suggestion because you're right. I don't hear that. I don't hear that.
1: And, 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 and I don't think that women like to admit, you used a word earlier that I think is associated a lot with it. And that's shame. Mm-hmm. Well, when I get money, I'll come to you or, mm-hmm. um, or I've, I've made choices that, you know, have not been good choices. I'm just not good with money. And part of that also is the a mindset. So is, um, to, to focus on that you are in control of it, that you do have choices Um, that you can make that can help put you in a better circumstance.
0: Great. So let's go there. So say, you know, a woman has a very complicated old money story um, and maybe it's connected to the father or how the mother behaved in the home or, you know, we have all of these reasons why, and then, and then we have the mindsets that we have to overcome. So all of that being what it is, what is your, First piece of advice or biggest piece of advice for women who say, Okay, I am really ready to have a different relationship with money, transform my relationship with money, um, be empowered to earn and to save and to invest. What can women do even if the money story is still playing out in their mind or the shame is still playing out in their emotions?
1: Well, the, the first part, which you've talked about, is to recognize it, to think about it, to understand where and where what are those influences, you know, not to to bury them and just your your um, to behave as you always had to but to recognize it. You know, yeah. um, I, I I guess with like Al-Anon, you know, first to admit it, to to understand. Mm-hmm. Then the second is baby steps, because I think it seems so overwhelming many times that the picture seems so big is to break it down into simple steps. And the first one is to just really understand currently what you have coming in and what you have going out and it being an active, knowledgeable choice. And I love to tell one other little story about that. When I moved home, Bought my first little house and my dog and I was working on to see, you know, went through because I was starting my business from scratch. I had no clients, so obviously not a lot of income coming in. And I went through to see where I was really spending my money. And I realized I was buying dog treats for this new dog of mine. <laughs> when I added up how much I was like, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. I would have never thought. Mm hmm. 'Cause it was, you know, just a little piece here, a little piece here, and the and right. the butt. and it really helped me look and go, you know, is this dog's ear really making our life better? No. And yeah. it so it was a way, I know that sounds and everybody hates the word budget, but call it something else. Call it a spending yeah. plan. Be active, you know, it's an active choice, but but knowledge as opposed to pretending like you'll um, you know, you don't know what's coming in, what's going out and being very aware
0: of what that is. Mm-hmm. Great. And then being, yeah, knowledge is power, right? Yes. And then being really practical in the money sense, cause as a spiritual entrepreneur, I definitely have heard a ton of this and, and I've really um, <laughs> tried a lot of this myself but it's like that. just think positive or money is energy. So if you're just inside of the energy vortex, then you'll begin to attract all of the money and whether or not, you know, you have a spiritual relationship with money and, and see money as energetic. You still have to have that practical foundation and know exactly where your money is. And if you know that, I think you, you become more empowered and then you make more money. Um, but yeah, money, it's like money has to have a place to go, you know, you have to, I've heard like money wants to be respected, you know, so the budget or the spending plan or knowing the numbers is both empowering and it's respectful of the thing that you want more of.
1: Absolutely. Think of it like, I sort of say it was, it's, it's part of your self care yeah. because what are some of the things that are the most stressful in people's lives? And, you know, money frequently is one of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, so by focusing on it as an item of self-care and then kind of creating a plan or a strategy. And remember, baby steps are good because success breeds success. And right. we all sometimes fall off the wagon, you know, what I mean. <laughs> but right. um, it can really help okay, great. I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. And, and sometimes I, I, you know, different people need different games or strategies to make it work, but it could say, all right, this much is for my, all my needs. This much is for my wants. And then I'm doing, some people talk about 50, 30, 20, if you can, hmm. 50% is covering all your needs, including your debts and things like that. 30% is for your wants and 20% is for the future. Mm-hmm. And that you know, so you find a a, a strategy that works for you, make systems that work for you that make it easier.
0: Right. And I love, you know, get some help, like get some help from an investor or, you know, a money coach or, yeah, I love the idea of women doing this together. And if I could share a story that was really pivotal for me, because my money story had a lot to do with father and control as well. Um, And my self-worth was really tied into that. And like a man had to see my self-worth in order for me to earn. I mean, really complicated stuff, right? right? A lot of, a lot of tendrils. And when I were, and even as an adult, like when I got pregnant, my father was like, let me help you and your husband budget. And so then my father was up in my family budget now, (laughs) which is like a recipe for disaster in terms of marriage. And so um, it took a long time to see how many tendrils were in there. But when I went to a woman money coach, And it was the least shaming thing I've ever experienced. It was so loving, you know, even when I messed up, even when I had the old resistance, she was so loving and she's like, girl, you're going to get this, you know, and it, and it was just easy. And we did this, um, budget where, because I really wanted freedom. Um, like I didn't want to be told what to do with my money. And so a budget felt like being told what to do. Well, it's really just numbers. Like if you're going to pay somebody a mortgage and if you're going to pay for a car or and all of your expenses, you have fixed expenses which are just real. They're just real and they come to a number. And then what you want your want-based spending or those free dollars, um depending on what your income can handle, you know, like come up, coming up with a number where a portion of your income is going to go toward that and I actually I'm saying this for anybody who um, is resonating for what I'm saying about that really wanting freedom. Um, she had me get out another uh account card. So my checking account is actually kind of split. So I move money into um like a freedom account. And then when I want it when I went out to breakfast this morning, I don't have to think about whether or not there's money um available in that account for that breakfast. I just know that like, okay, I want to eat this free, this choice to have this freedom to have this breakfast. Um, and so I, I operate within that freedom and, um, you know, when that money's gone, then like it's gone, but it usually doesn't run out because with the freedom, I actually spend far less money.
1: Well, that's a great strategy. So you figured out a system. That's why I say sort of a game or a system one that, will resonate with you that's within the bounds that makes sense to you. Yes. You cre- Having a separate account. It could be some some other place. And think about it if you did it sort of three ways. You've got your expensive, you have your freedom account, which is all your wants, and then your future account because that's really one of the things that women, by not taking control, have the biggest impact on their futures. Um, and it's, it's never too late to start is uh, if you see the impacts of what can happen between what for a uh, for a woman and a man starting at the same place at retirement the, the gaps are huge. And yeah. I would like that to be closed because um you know that w- that's one of my wishes.
0: Yeah. Well thank you for working in this realm and for empowering women to just embrace the topic of money.
1: Well, it is um, something, as you can know, I'm very, very passionate about, and I would love to move the needle, and um, I feel like the time is right where, kind of with the energy that's going around in this world of uh, women and kind of wanting to empower themselves, Um, so I have a lot of hope that we can make some progress.
0: Right. Because yeah, when women have purchasing power, when we are not in that, um, that ancient bind of, will I have enough? Am I safe or secure? You know, when, and we want to have the independence from men and feel the empowerment. And we can't do that if we're, if we remain in a negative relationship with money.
1: There's, um, it was interesting. I just heard um, a presentation not too long ago, about two weeks ago, and I was thrilled and I thought it'd be fun to share with you, but it was, it was called the ascendancy of millennials and how the future of finance is more female. Mm. And I thought, interesting, because You know, in my industry, it's predominantly the white male industry. You know, women are minorities, 15 to 17%. But what's interesting, and especially with millennials now, is that when you see um, uh, things that they're doing, key financial milestones, they are doing them so much better than men their same age that it really mm-hmm. kind of gives me some um, uh, a lot of hope and energy um, that they're outpacing men in steady jobs, moving out of their parents' house, buying houses, leasing and buying their own car, you know, paying off their student loans, beginning to build savings, things like that. So it was really funny. So the bottom line is it's kind of the, the whole industry is going to be focusing more on women mm-hmm. because – They're going to see that they're the ones that are going to have the power.
0: That's amazing. And it just speaks to the stigma, like the negative stigma of a lack of self-worth. You know, it it speaks to that being healed, which is amazing. I mean, because if you're going to own your finances, if you're going to be empowered in that, um, it's an indicator of self-worth.
1: Yes. Yes.
0: Yes. Because young women are just embodying that a little bit faster, maybe than some of these <laughs> previous generations. Exactly. And there's there's a big discrepancy
1: between boomers and the millennials in this area. So it, I thought that that was fascinating um, and and great information and empowering information, you know, to feel like, yeah, we can do this and um, and and make a difference in our own lives and those around by talking about it. Like we started, what we're doing now and what we talked about before is talk to your sisters and your friends and your mothers and your daughters. Yeah. um, Can make all the difference in the world.
0: All the difference. And I really, I mean, there are so many beautiful, well-intended men in this industry who really want to help as well, right? There are so many well-intended brothers and fathers and uncles. And I love the idea of specifically talking to women about this, because I think it really is a potential uh, new conversation that just adds to the women's empowerment that's happening. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful.
1: One other little point that and is that for kind of your listeners to know that that whether you choose to or not, you will be in control of your finances at some point in your life. 80% of women will be whether they choose it or not. Mm-hmm. And so it is so much more effective for you to learn how to do that before you're put into some kind of crises or transition Right that forces that when our cognitive abilities are compromised. And um, so I just, it's like, there's there's no time like the present. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my motto on that.
0: That's really important information. Thank you so much. And what comes up for me when I hear you say that is like, you know, I, I can just hear women, and, and I have done this myself so, so, so many times, going back to the money story, but saying, but it's hard, but I can't. And, and I think when I hear you say that, I mean, it's coming ready or not, right? Like 80%. Yeah. Ready or not. And so it's like, okay, women, we have the money story. Yes. We were financially oppressed. Sure. Like all of those things and let's do it anyway it's like, let's do it anyway. Let's put one foot in front of the other. Let's create the budgets, the spending plans, know the practicalities, become in charge of our money, like do it anyway. Don't wait until your money story is totally healed to start doing the really practical stuff.
1: Absolutely. Remember baby steps. The two biggest challenges frequently are confidence because women frequently like to know more and understand more about what they're doing before they jump in. Yeah. And, and so you just, one, you need to start. And the other complaint is time. Cause as we all know, as women frequently, we are looking after lots of people in our lives mm-hmm. um, and um, frequently don't always put ourselves first. I know a lot in my generation, you know, we do that. So um, those two things, Remember, we go back to time is this is part of your self-care. It it really is part of your long-term self-care. And the confidence piece, I want you to know, is women make great investors. Do you know frequently their returns are better than men because they trade 45% less than men's? Um, There's so many statistics that show when women act, they do better because they... um, if if they act and participate in the investment for their long-term health. Um, So there's, we're, we, we're not bad at this. We're actually good at this if we do it. Mm.
0: Oh, I love that. I love that. Yeah. And which totally flips the paradigm. And I think that women are more likely to invest in a better world. Um, I've heard a lot of statistics around that too. And I know for me personally, now as an entrepreneur, you know, I hire women, I, I invest back into women. Um, I invest into causes that I care about. Um, yeah. And, and that, that came more actually with my own empowerment around money. I was way more likely to spend wisely, invest wisely. Um, and it begins to become a global interest you know, like our money investments as women, I think, I, I think we're going to invest in a better world.
1: Well, there's no question and statistics, prove that out. And here are a couple. Okay. St- women who run business, if they're, if a board of a, a corporation has a critical mass of minimum 30% women, uh, more than 30% in the C-suite, the financial performance of those companies is better.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah
1: so there's a lot of reasons for that we could talk about those if you if you want so one is by investing in women in those roles and frequently those businesses do really really well mm-hmm. and, and then um and then there are ways that you can actually in your actual investment dollars to invest in um, businesses that are doing more of the right things for this world and it's proving now true that you're not giving up returns by doing that. The term is, um, people have heard of socially responsible or ESG investing. So you can kind of do well, you know, um, mm-hmm. while you're trying to save for your future, you still can have an impact.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, Beautiful. And in the future. Right. So smart investing invests in the world while you're investing in your future. Yep. Your dividends. Beautiful. Amazing. So Laura, is there anything else that you would like to share today that I haven't thought to ask?
1: Hmm. I, I think we've covered a lot of the broad topics. I usually use the, you know, the the three biggest mistakes women make, which are so, um, easily to correct is one to know your money story. And we talked about that. Mm -hmm. The second is begin to take control in the sense of participating and the simple one is knowing what's coming in knowing what's going out and making those choices and and trying to kind of develop a a plan and a strategy for that and it can be as again baby steps you know to begin and -hmm. then the third is the other statistic that i is that if you are part of a business that has a retirement plan and you're not participating you're leaving so much on the table Mm -hmm. Um, The statistics show that not enough women do participate in their employer-provided retirement plan. So the third biggest mistake is not not saving and investing enough. So Mm -hmm. trying to work to develop a plan there. So those are kind of the three things to focus on that can help you take control.
0: Yeah, beautiful. And, yeah, just bringing the courage forward. To do those things anyway. like Take the baby steps. I love that. Um, and and come forward anyway and, and bring this into the open among women. Yes. That's a big takeaway for me today. Thank you so much. Please tell our listeners where they can find you if they'd like to be in contact.
1: Yes, absolutely. Our website, it's Web Investment Services, is www.webinvestmentservices.com. And um, that's an easy way to find. I have another wonderful female certified financial planner and a great team that um, here and uh, is happy to be able to help or point you in any direction if we can.
0: Wonderful. Thank you so much. And thank you for leading in the way that you are among women. And thank you for empowering all of us here today.
1: Well, I am thrilled and pleased and um, thrilled at what you're doing and honored to be part of it.
0: Thank you so much. Okay, we'll talk soon. Thank you. Hi, friends. After you've listened to this episode today, what conversations do you want to have with other women about what you heard Laura and I talking about? What would you like to add? Head on over to the private Sacred Remembering Facebook group page and make a post, start a conversation, join in. We'd love to hear from you. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarapoet.com for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of Sacred Remembering.